Alright, again, thank y'all so much for being here. Uh, before we get started, I would just like to take a moment, and I'd like us to have a prayer. I want us to thank the Lord for all He's done for us, how He's blessed us. You know, that's what we're, th that's what we're thinking right now. It's, we're, we're giving thanks to God for what He has already done. But you know, He's got so much more in store for us if we'll just put our faith and our trust in Him. So if we could, let us have a prayer. Father God, as we come into Your presence, Father, just touch hearts. Let them feel Your Spirit, Lord, as it moves among them. Lord, those that need You in, your, in their life today, those that have not said yes to You, Lord, I pray that You will just touch their heart. And Lord, that You will draw them closer and closer to You, that they will say yes to You. Lord, we know the time is coming, it's getting closer and closer, that this old world is going to end. And, Lord, we need to be right with you before that happens. So, Lord, I'm just praying that you will just call all that will hear, all that will listen, and all that will come, and just say yes to you. And, Lord, thank you for those souls that are here today. And let us ask a very special blessing upon them, not just this time of year, but always. Because, Lord, they belong to you. You called them, and they came. So, Lord, thank you. Bless them, watch over them, keep them safe, put your hedge of protection around them, and, Lord, just let them feel your spirit and let them know that you, you are with them. And, Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All righty. Uh, the title of my message this morning, it being Thanksgiving, well, not truly Thanksgiving calendar-wise, but we're celebrating Thanksgiving today here at the church. We're thanking God for everything that he's done, for what he is doing. You know, we look around, we see a lot of empty seats. We've got a lot of people missing right now. But I'm praying that God is going to fill this church back up. God wants his church full. He, he loves you. And he wants, to, he wants to minister to you. He wants to bless you. But you know, for us to receive God's blessings, we have to let him do it. He wants to bless us, but we have to come into agreement with God and receive his blessings. So when we do that, you see something happen in your life. You feel a life change. You become that new person in Christ. For all who have accepted Christ, they are now a new creation. All the old things in your life have passed away. They're gone. They're not anymore. But you have come a new creation in God. When you say yes to Jesus, you become a new creation. You are a new person. That is what we call you are born again. You're born unto God. God becomes your heavenly father. And he loves you. You have to let him be in your life. He wants to be in your life, but too, too many of us, we don't let him be in our life. And he wants to so bad. But anyway, this morning, my title of my message, Three Things to Be Thankful For. Three things. Oh, there's so many more. But I've entitled this, Three Things We as Christians Should Be Thankful For. I want us to look this morning at three things that we should be thankful for as a Christian. And they are only, these three things are only available to the Christian. They're not available to the world until they become a Christian. And uh, these three things... This may sound a little, a little funny to you, but that these, these three things we should be thankful for 
are the past, the present, and the future. That's the three things right now that we should be thankful for. And God is in every one of them. And I want to look here right now at being thankful for the past. We've all got a past. Every one of us. We hadn't always, well, maybe some have. I'm not. I hadn't. I have not always walked with God. I was in the world for a long time. And God called me out of the world. I heard that call and I said yes to God. I am so glad I did. It changed my whole life. It can change your life if you'll just say yes to God. Many of us, we, we say, well, I don't know if I can come to God. I, my, my life, I've done so many things. I don't know if God can, can forgive me. Your sin is not bigger than God's grace. God wants to forgive you. God wants to draw you unto Him. God wants to bless you. He wants people to see you serving Him. He wants to, God wants people to see how He has blessed you. And many of you now, you have a testimony of what God has done in your life, how He has changed it. When you said yes to Him, like I said, you became a new creation. You're not that old person you used to be. You're not that old person back out in the world serving the world. No, now you're that new person in Christ serving God. And God now has got His hedge of protection around you, His hand is up on you, and He's blessing you. And like I said, though, to be blessed, we have to let Him be blessed. For us, for God to bless us, we have to bless God. It's a two-way street. When we bless and give God all the glory and all the praise, then He turns around and blesses us with all His good things. We cannot even begin to mention or think about all of God's good things. There's so many of them. Many of you have experienced what God has done. You've seen him come into your life. You've seen him answer prayers. You said, there is no way this could happen. But it did. It did. And now you know who it was. You know it was God. So when we bless God, God also blesses us. We need to be thankful for the past. And what I want to look at here for just a second, I'm going to look in the book of Isaiah chapter 43. And I'm going to look at Isaiah 43 verse 1. This here says so much. I just want to show you two things in this verse. That we, need to, that we need to pay attention on. It says here in Isaiah 43.1, I have called you by your name. You are mine. God called you by name. And now you belong to Him. You know, many times we overlook this verse. This verse tells us, it tells us just a wonderful and a truth about God and about our salvation. Sometimes we don't think about our salvation. We don't think how, how it has changed us, what it's done for us, what all God has done, how He has just put His hand upon you. You know, uh, I want to tell you right now, your salvation was no accident. It was no accident. It was intentional. It was personal. God called you by your name to come to Him. See, in this verse, God... In this verse, God tells us that God, He stands before all Christians. He's standing right now before all Christians in this world, and He says to you, You are mine. You belong to me. He is telling you, whatever you go through, I'm with you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you, but I'll be with you through everything that you go through. When God's with you, who can be against you? 
Too many times we want to look at the things that the world can do instead of the things that God can and will do. God says, nothing is impossible for me. I can do all things for you. Matter of fact, we should be saying, I, Christ can do all things through me, through the, through the, through the glory of Jesus Christ. He wants, he wants to do things in your life. You know, God wants to do things in your life where you can be a testimony for Him, where you can tell others and show others, hey, let me tell you what God done for me. Maybe somebody told you that one time. Maybe, maybe that kind of helped you make that decision that you want to come to God. If God can help them, He can help me. The Word says, For God is not a respecter of person, that what He does for one, He'll do for all. So if, you got, if you're going through something, God said, I can put my hand upon you. I can guide you through that. I can take you through it. Where you don't even realize you've been through anything. Many times we've gone through things. And without the hand of God on us, it would have been terrible. But with the hand of God, we went through it so fast that the devil didn't even know we was there. So, when we trust God, God does some marvelous and wonderful things in our life. You know, that's it. God, God is speaking to every Christian in the world today. And he's speaking to you each individually. He's not speaking to us as a group. He's speaking to you individually. Because he's got something. Every one of us are different. You're not like the one sitting beside you. You're different. It's just like a thumbprint or fingerprint. There's no two alike. What God's got in store for you is wonderful. We just have to let him do it. And the thing about it is, when God does something for us, it's going to be in his time. Not ours. In his time. In his perfect time. Everything God does is in a perfect order. God does not make mistakes. Many people say, well, God sure made a mistake when he called me. And I talked to him maybe sometime later. They said, boy, God has blessed me so much. I, I told him, I said, hey, you remember what you told me one time? Bill, what was that? That you feel like God made a mistake when he called you. And they just dropped their heads saying, I was so wrong. You know, I don't know of one single person that has ever, ever regretted giving their life to Jesus. Not one person. The devil's going to come against you a little harder because he wants to steal you from God. But God says, if you're in my hand, can no man snatch you out of my hand? He can try, but if God's got a hold of you, he can't. Let God get a hold of you. Let God hold your hand. Let God be in you with you. You know, when you get in that car to go do something, invite God to ride with you. Invite God to ride with you, to put his hedge of protection around you and to guide you on that road. Uh, but God is standing for every single Christian in this world. He speaks to, like I said, each one individually because you're all different. And he's telling you, you are mine. You belong to me. I have called you by your name. I know you personally. And God does. Do you know there's not one single thing that you have done or, or anything in you that God does not know about? God knows everything there is to know. It says that God is omniscient. What is omniscient? Omniscient means God is all-knowing. He knows it all. He knows everything. He knows everything you've done. He knows every word you've spoken out of your mouth. He knows every lie you've told. He knows everything. You're not hiding anything from God. What we need to do now is say, God, you know my spirit, you know my heart, you know me. I'm asking you to change me, 
to make you, to make me like you want me to be. Let God have control. Let God change you. Let God guide you. And he will. You know, uh, excuse me. And Paul, what I just said, Paul kind of backs this up. So you're looking to, when you see one verse backing up another verse, be sure this is God talking. And here in Galatians chapter 1, verse 15, and Paul said, But when it pleased God, who separated, let me put it, no, I, I changed something up here, I want to change it. But when it pleased God, in God's time, He separated me from my mother's womb. And He called me by His grace. Do you know that God knew you while you was in your mother's womb? Do you know God knew you before you were conceived? Do you know that God knew you were going to be conceived? And God put a plan in action for your life. He separated you unto Him. He said, I have a plan for your life. Trust me. Walk with me. Receive me into your life. And let me guide you. That is what, that's what God wants to do. See, God knew you and called you before you were born to serve Him. He knew you were going to be born. He knew what He wanted you to do. And some of us are still, He hadn't told us yet. Why hadn't God told us yet? He says, for what I want you to do, you're not ready yet. But you will be. You know, I remember when I, was, when I was saved, I was born again, I asked God a question. I said, God, why did you wait so long before you called me to serve you? Guess what the answer was? You was not ready yet. You were still in the world. You had not fully accepted me. But that day, in your heart, and I saw it, and you said, Lord, forgive me, come into my heart, that is that day I had set aside before you were born that you were going to come to me. He knew that day I was going to come to him. And he knew that when he called me, I was going to say yes. But he wanted my heart and my spirit to be like his and to be ready. I'm glad he finally called me. I'm glad I matured enough to hear God's word and to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But that's when God called me. I, have ne I never had an idea that I would be a minister, that I would go into the ministry. That was probably the furthest thing from my mind. But what God does is in God's time, He set me apart when I was born. And I did not know it. But He said, one day, you will stand in a pulpit before me. I never heard that until later in the years. And there was a pulling, a drawing. Some was telling me, I need God. I need Him stronger and stronger in my life. And that day, I give myself to God. God said, now I can use you. You're ready. Are you ready? Are you ready for God to call you? Are you ready to serve God? Are you ready to do what God calls you to do? I tell you what, sometimes what I do, I, it's scary. But I'm going to be obedient to God. Like I've told and some of these people know it. I get up here in this pulpit. I got some notes. 
they do me absolutely no good. God changes it when I get up here. And he's doing it right now. He told me there's going to be people here today that need to know him. He's got a plan for their life. But until they say yes, he can't do anything. God is not going to force you to come to him. That's your choice. God give all men and women a free will. It's your choice. That's why, that's, that's why I've had people ask me, if your God is such a loving God, why does he send people to hell? I just look them in the eye. God didn't send anybody to hell. You sent yourself. God made a way of escape for you, but you refused it. God simply let you choose your will and what you wanted. And that's what he'll do. Even though as much as he loves you, he's not going to force you to do anything. That's your choice. I've told people, and I mean it, I cannot tell, my, tell God to forgive my wife of her sins. She cannot tell God to forgive me of my sins. We each have to come to God with a free will, saying, Lord, I have sinned. Change my heart. Forgive me. Come into my life. Let me serve you and do what you want me to do. See, that's where it boils down to is being obedient and giving your will over to God. And sometimes it's hard to do because you've got a mind of your own. You've got a soul. You know what your soul is? It's different from your spirit. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. The spirit is the living God on the inside of you giving you instructions. You have to let the spirit sometimes overwill, or all time overwill the mind. Because Satan works on the mind. That's Satan's favorite playground is your mind. His lies to you. Him trying to draw you into things, oh, it's okay. God will understand. He won't hold that against you. That is a lie from hell. That's a lie from hell. It says that Satan is the father of all lies and the truth is not in him. He will lie to you. He will try to draw you away from God. That's why you have to know the Word of God. That's why you have to get into the Word of God. Read God's Word. God's Word will not lie. God cannot lie. What God has placed in His Word is total truth. Whether you realize it or not, the Bible tells us over in Revelations that lying is a sin. Matter of fact, in Revelations, it says, For there will be no liars in heaven. God says there will be no sin in heaven. So if lying is a sin and you're a liar, you're not going to be in heaven. We have to read God's Word. We want to skip over. Oh, that's a little tough there. I don't know if I want to read that or not. God give us His Word to enlighten us, to show us His will. Many people say, what is the will of God? It's right here. Read it. Read it. God's Word is His will. God will not go against His Word. If it goes against God's Word, it's not God speaking. 
God will never go against His Word. So if, it, so if somebody tells you something that doesn't line up with God's Word, forget it. It's not God. But God loves you too much to just let you wander around out there. He's, he, he is going to call you. He already called you once before you was born. He said, I'm calling that person. When you feel that call, when you feel that pull, say yes to God. And see how your life changes. See how God's blessings come upon you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, forget not all of His good things. He, said, he forgives your iniquities. He forgives your sins. He heals all your diseases. He redeems you from destruction. Or otherwise, He's saying that He redeems you from the pit of hell. That's God and His love. He redeems you. He pulls you out of places that you don't need to be. He's the potter. He's still molding, shaping. And many of us today, He's still shaping us. Sometimes I feel a struggle in my life. I feel like God's hands are holding me real strong. But God, what do you want? What is it, Lord? What is it you're trying to show me? What is it you're trying to tell me? Sometimes I get an answer. Sometimes God says, wait and see. It's going to be in God's time, whatever God does. It's going to be in His time. You know, it's, like I said, <coughs> excuse me. But here, I just read it in Galatians 1.15. This is Paul, he said, and when it pleased God in his time, he, he, he separated me from my mother's womb. He called me out of my mother's womb while I was still in my mother's womb to serve him. And he called me by his grace. You know, when God calls us out by name, it's not only a special time, but it's kind of a scary time. God... What are you going to call me to do? God, am I capable of doing this? God, are you sure you're calling the right person? God just simply looks at you and says, I don't make mistakes. I know you. I've called you, and you are mine. And I know what you're capable of, and I know what you can do. God calls us out because he knows us personally. You are not a stranger to God. You're not a stranger to God. He knows you like nobody else knows you. He knows you better than your own mother knows you. And I don't know of anybody that would know any more about you than your own mother. But God does. God's seen you while you was in the womb, and He sees you when you're walking through heaven's gates. He knows everything you're going to do. He knows everything you're going to go through. He knows what He knows your life. He wants you to trust Him with that life, to walk with Him. You were called by God's grace to come to Him. And I'm glad God called us by grace. Look what it says here in Romans 8.30. Look what it says here in 8.30. Romans 8.30 tells us, Those whom God called, He also justified. 
In other words, God knew you were going to come to him. When you said yes, he found you not guilty. He justified you while you was right here. In other words, when God called you by your name, he also did something else. He called you out of your sin, and he forgave it. You're going to serve him. We can't serve God and live in his sin. When he calls you, he calls out your sin also, and he forgives it when you say yes to him. See, this we just talked about was your past life. This is what you've gone through. We should be thankful that God called you, and most of all, you should be thankful that you said yes. You should be thankful that you said yes. I want to look at something here real quick. What about our thankfulness for the present time right now? How many of you are thankful to God for what he's doing in your life right now? I know there's some of you out here that God has done some things for right now. I know there's some of you, he's healed your body. He's delivered you from that pit of hell. He's placed his hand up on you. And that hand is still on you and he's still guiding you. And it will until God's will is accomplished. God will not pull his hand off of you until he has you where you need to be. And that's in his presence, glorifying him, serving him, trusting him, having faith in him, calling up on his name, and saying yes when he calls you again. You know, when you say yes to God, you've got a new life just starting. Just starting. And that's what God wants. He wants to be in charge of your life. Yo, you've got your free will. But God is never going to make you do anything that you do not want to do. He's not. He's not going to force you to do anything. It has to be your choice and your will. And when you know God's Word, you know, what, you know when God's calling you. There's something that takes place on the inside of you. It's a pulling. It's a desire. It's a hunger. It's something you I know this is God and I'm going to say yes to him. I know it's God. And when you feel that, don't hesitate. Say, yes, God, do it unto me. We should be thankful. You know, God, and this is a scripture here. Every one of you know it. It's probably one of the most quoted scriptures in the Bible. Talk about God's love and what he did to draw you closer to him. Jesus has come to this earth to reconcile us back to God because of the sin that's in our life. We have to get rid of that sin. Only one way to get rid of that sin is through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. No other way. We can't come to God any other way. Only through Jesus. Jesus says, for I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. In other words, Jesus said, if you don't believe in me and you have accepted me, you cannot get to the Father. There's no other way. Many pastors, and it makes me angry. Oh, there's probably all sorts of ways to get to God. That's not what Jesus says. I am the only way. I am the truth, and I am the life. If you don't accept me and believe in me, you cannot come to God. Now, where does it say anything else about you getting to God? It doesn't. It's only through Christ. Do all the good works. Do all the good deeds you want to do. 
But if you don't accept Jesus Christ, the deeds and the works are good, but they don't get you to heaven. It doesn't get you to heaven. Only your faith and your belief and your trust in Christ will get you into heaven. That's it. That's it. It's not hard. God said, I don't want my word to be hard. I don't want it to be confusing. I want it to be as simple as it can be so everybody that reads it can understand it. And that's what he's done. That's what he's done. Here, John 3, 16 through 17. For God, the one, the only, the true Father, the creator of all life, so loved the world, you're the world, that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever should believe upon him should not perish. To perish means to be separated from God for all eternity. That's what perish means. Should not perish. But whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. Listen to verse 17. It follows verse 16. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. How's the world say? But we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, believe in Him, then we then God accepts us as His sons and His daughters as His children. When our day comes that this body no longer walks upon this earth, we go to heaven for all eternity to walk and to be with God. God becomes our, our Father. He's our Father now, but He becomes our Heavenly Father that we serve and that we walk. You know, we should be so thankful to God that He loved us this much that He let His Son come and die for us. To die on a cruel, cruel cross through all the pain, through all the suffering and everything. But that's the only way blood had to be shed for the forgiveness of sin. Y'all realize that Jesus Christ was God's lamb. It was God's, Jesus Christ was God's sacrifice for us. Just back in the Old Testament when they'd bring a lamb to be sacrificed for their family. God sent His Son to be a sacrifice for us. And when Jesus' blood was shed, when that first drop hit the ground, that first drop of blood hit the ground, and we said, forgive us, you were forgiven of all sin. You have a home in heaven. You have eternal life through Jesus Christ and what He did on that cross. Be thankful of what Christ did for you on that cross. Be thankful for your faith in Christ. Now, through Christ, we have eternal life in heaven with God the Father and God the Son. That's what we need to be thankful for right now. Because God loved us so much, He spared nothing for you. Think about it. He held back nothing. He gave you everything. We have no excuse not to enter heaven's gates. No excuse. What about for the future? I'm about through. What about for the future? There is so much to be thankful for in our current life right now because of Jesus Christ, but we have so much more joy to look forward to in the future. Do y'all realize what heaven is going to be like? Heaven's kind of a mystery, really. I mean, God tells us a lot of things about heaven. But here on this earth, it's kind of hard for us to picture. We have to read God's Word, picture God's Word, and get it into our spirit. I want to look at 1 Corinthians 
chapter 13, verse 12. It says something. And that's kind of the way we see it right now as we walk this earth. It tells us that we have a special joy awaiting for us in heaven. You've got something very, very special awaiting for you when you get to heaven. And it says here, For now we see things as looking through a dark glass. Or you don't, we don't see everything about heaven real clear right now. It's still a little fuzzy, a little dark. But then, in heaven, when you get there, and I just wrote down something, face to face, face to face. Mm. Now, right now, we only know in part. But then, in heaven, we shall know then even as we know now. Listen to this. In the future, let me say something first. I'm, you know, this verse we just read, there's so much you can say to it, but I want to look at two words. I want to look at two words. And I want you to get them in your heart and into your spirit. That phrase, face to face. What's it saying? That day that God calls you home, that day that your spirit leaves your body. Matter of fact, it says that for the, for when the spirit leaves this body, it says to be absent from the Lord is to be present with, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. He's talking about when, our, when our, this body dies, our spirit leaves this body and goes to be present with the Lord immediately. Your spirit goes to, to, to God immediately. This body is buried. In Ecclesiastics, it tells us that this body shall return to the dust from which it came, but the Spirit will return back to God who gave it. It's very clear. The Spirit goes back to God who gave it. But that Spirit, when you reach heaven, you're going to stand bodily right next to Jesus. You're going to look up. And you're going to see Jesus face to face. Thank you, Father Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for all that you did. Thank you for dying for me. You're going to be seeing the one who saved you by his grace and his love. Talk about love. No greater love has a man than lay down his life for a friend. Do you realize Jesus is not calling you a servant? He's, not calling, he's calling you a friend. You're his friend. He laid down his life for you. His life was taken back up from the grave after three days. And now his body is in heaven, sitting next to Jesus, sitting next to God. Jesus is interceding for you. For he is interceding for us. His throne is right next to God. When you pray, your prayer goes to Jesus. Jesus then turns, hands that prayer to the Father. He says, Father, 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 would you answer this prayer? They are so faithful. They love you so much. Father will take that prayer and says, Yes, my son, I will do that. You have an intercessor sitting in heaven, the Son of God himself, interceding for you. Can you just imagine... 
what that moment will be like. That moment that you enter the gates of heaven. Most people say, well, what's the first thing you want to see when you get to heaven? Oh, I want to see my mama and I want to see my daddy. I want to see my brother. I want to see my sister. I want to see Jesus. The one that saved me by his grace. The one that loved me so much he died for me. Then, after, can you, I'm just wondering, what will take place the moment that you lay your eyes upon Jesus? I don't think you have any idea. I don't think you're going to be able to stand. I think you're going to fall right on your face at his feet and say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving me. I love that song. I can only imagine. That's kind of of what it is. We can only imagine right now of what it's going to be like. We can only be thankful right now for what God has done, for what He is still doing, and what He is going to do. Give God the opportunity to work in your life, to be a part of your life, to guide your life, to bless your life, to meet your needs through His Son, Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask the band to come up. If you're here today and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I would invite you to come down. We've got altars here. I'm going to be down front. If you would just like to have a prayer, if you're going through something, if you're going through something, you'd just like to have a prayer, I will stand in agreement with you. I will anoint you with oil, and I will pray with you that God will meet your need. If you're going through something today, if, if, if you just feel a tug, say, Lord, been wanting to say yes, but I just hadn't done it. What better day to do it than right now? See, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. None of us are guaranteed to even make it home this evening. If you died today, would you be in heaven? In your heart and in your spirit, you know the answer. If that answer is, I don't know. You can know. By saying yes to Jesus Christ. Amen. So I'm going to ask the band to play. And if you have a, would like to have a prayer or just need to pray, we have the altars. I'll be down front, and I'll be more than happy to pray with you and stand in agreement with you that God will hear your prayer and answer it.